Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Hi, this is Daniel Koba. I'm the editor-in-chief of HHP and the vice president of publishing at ASHP, and I'll be your host today for the ASHP Practice Journeys podcast. To celebrate Pride, ASHP is hosting three podcasts with LGBTQ leaders and advocates in pharmacy this month. With me today is Dr. Pamela Phelps, System Director, Pharmacy Clinical Services, M Health Fairview, who will share her perspectives as the parent of an LGBTQ person. Pamela Phelps, welcome. It's great to see you today. Thank you, Daniel. It's my pleasure to be here. So Pam, as we start out, tell us a bit about you and you know your, your background, where you grew up, how big your family was. And as you can imagine, I want to get into a better understanding of how you even chose pharmacy as your career and where you trained and really your, your journey. So tell us about yourself. Well, I grew up in Columbia Heights, Minnesota, which is a small suburb, a first-ring suburb of Minneapolis. Back when it was first being built, I had I lived with my parents and my five brothers. So as you can imagine, it was quite rambunctious around the house and very active, always things going on, very exciting and fun. I was always interested in high school course in math and science, like most the, the same story that you hear from many pharmacy students. And then wondering as I went to college at the University of Minnesota, what to major in. And just by accident, heard about pharmacy from the woman that one of my brothers was dating and eventually married, who's my sister-in-law, who's also a pharmacist. Um, I heard about pharmacy and I thought, wow, I'd never heard of this before. And I was very interested in it. So decided on pharmacy as a career. And then from there, you've gone on to really have a an extremely successful career in pharmacy to leadership positions. And you also serve on the ASHP board of directors. Tell us about your journey. Well, my journey is I have worked in either in collaboration or at the University of Minnesota Medical Center for my entire career. And my leadership journey really started Interestingly enough, when Paul Abramowitz was the director of pharmacy at the University of Minnesota Medical Center, and he encouraged me to move into leadership, which surprised me at the time. I had never envisioned myself as a pharmacy leader, but he encouraged me to do so, and um, that's where my leadership journey really started and continued on from there, as well as my involvement in organizations in ASHP and MSHP as well. Got it. And what about your family? How many children do you have? I have three children. My oldest daughter, Emma, is a pharmacist and uh, works at actually the University of Minnesota Hospital. <laughs> wow. I know. And then I'll, I'll talk about my youngest. My youngest is also a pharmacist in training, I'll say, and works at Fairview. And then my middle child, Maddie, is a grant writer for Outfront Minnesota which is an LGBTQ um, advocacy organization in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So uh, some real pharmacy tradition in the family then between your, your sister-in-law and two of your children. That's, that's and my fantastic. niece as well. And your niece. Wow. Uh, Thanksgiving dinners must be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the pharmacy jokes that no one gets. Yeah, yeah. we we'll have to have some sympathy for the rest of the family. <laughs> 
and, and so you talked about Maddie and uh, their professional role, but they also identify as non-binary, correct? Correct. Yeah. Tell us about them. Um, well, gosh, Maddie's always been a very interactive child. Took a long time to learn how to talk and had some speech therapy when they were young. And and always a very emotional child. In fact, it was, I don't know, it was, it was difficult at times with them being so emotional, but very loving, just over the top, a loving person. And yeah, we just, just a straight A student, you know, a model child. What can I say? Lots of pride for, for Maddie. How did you learn that they were non-binary? I have to say that we kind of suspected something. I mean, Something obviously was going on because in high school, Maddie had very long, flowing blonde hair. And progressively, as they went through college and finished up college, you know, the hair kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And they stopped shaving their legs and things like that, where they were really altering their appearance. And so it shouldn't have been a surprise, but but we I think we kind of knew something was coming. And then I think it was five years ago when finally the whole family was gathered for some kind of barbecue or something, and, and, they, and they told us all about being non-binary. What was your reaction? Well, supportive. Everyone was supportive and said, yes, we'll, we'll really try hard to use the proper pronouns. That was a big, very big deal and still remains a very big deal to call you they and them and you know, just kind of let us know what you need. And then it was a bit of a shock, even though, you know, we knew that, that there was something going on. We w- weren't quite sure what it was. And we knew that it was something along these lines of being um, LGBTQ oriented, but wasn't sure what it was going to be. And then, Dan, I think I saw you just uh, less than a week, probably uh, a few days after that happened. And I sat down to talk to you and kind of express you know, what do I do? What do I do as a parent in this situation? And you could probably see my emotions and how, how I was kind of showing my shock at that point. And, and we talked a little bit and, and um, thank you. I mean, you, you asked me, are you okay? Because I really needed that, that affirmation that day. And then I think, you know, immediately after that day, my husband had to go on a business trip for a week and I was at home for a week. And um, we didn't get a chance to even talk about it, you know, for a whole week. And, and um, I have to say that I experienced a lot of sadness that week. And then when my husband came home, I expressed that to him. And he said, oh, yeah, I was in tears on my way up to my business meeting. I just didn't know how to handle the emotion. So it took about a week, I think, to kind of process that whole thing. And in retrospect, you know, when I tell people about that, they said, well, you were probably worried about them, about how they would be treated. I said, yeah, but if I'm honest with myself, I think I was sad for myself. And probably, you know, as a parent, I had to really reconfigure what my hopes and dreams were for that individual, what their life would be like, what my role in their life would be like, what kind of partner would they have, you know, all of those sorts of things. So. So that's kind of what I was going through that first week. 
I remember that that discussion well, and it, it really sounds like you uh, have had a, a very positive journey in the last five years in terms of, I guess, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but better understanding and uh, fair to say. Yeah, that is fair to say. And then when COVID hit, the COVID pandemic, uh, Maddie moved home. So Maddie's been living at home for the last two years. And I have to say that that has been a, a bonus in terms of understanding where they're coming from and, and really assimilating to everything that's happening. So, Pam, when you reflect on your experiences, and would you have advice for LGBTQ children who might be struggling with telling their families that they that they are LGBTQ? Would what advice would you give them? Yeah, I think that. Every every new open door opens more doors, in my opinion. And we now have another trans person in the family, my nephew's now daughter. And I like to think that our experience maybe paved the way for that individual to be comfortable coming out. I think that it's I, I'm not in a position to to tell you what to do or to know what you're feeling, but if that helps at all, I think that every new person that comes out helps the next person. It's it's great wisdom. I, I couldn't agree with you more. What about the parents in terms of their, uh, I've used the word journey a lot, but I, I think it really is a journey. What would you say to them in terms of the process and beginning their their way through it? Yeah, I would just, gosh, you're going to go through a lot of emotions, you know, let that all happen. And then you know, sit down and and figure out how you can really support your child. And, you know, I talked to, I talked to Lindsay Kelly, one of our ASHP members immediately afterwards. And I said, well, it's my, my child. I love them. What else am I going to do? And Lindsay, Lindsay said, yeah, the homeless shelters are full of parents who don't feel that, you know, full of kids who have parents who don't feel that way. So I'm hopeful. Like I said, every new, new open door opens more doors. And far and away, there are far more supportive people than unsupportive people when people come out. That's been my observation. My whole family, whether they're, you know, liberal, conservative, whatever, have risen to support Maddie in their own way. May I ask you, did you had mentioned your, your nephew's child who's come out as transgender? Did, did you and your nephew or you, your husband and your nephew have any conversations about the, the perspectives of a parent when you... Actually, no. I'm surprised that, that we haven't had those conversations, but we haven't. Got it. Got it. When we started to... When you started to tell Maddie's story and your initial reactions, you made reference to that question of if... And I'm paraphrasing here, but whether they would be okay in society in terms of the way the society would treat them. And, and I guess that's the question I have for you. Do you worry as a parent about how society will treat Maddie and, and, and other LGBTQ children? I do. I think now I live in a state, Minnesota, that's fairly um, liberal in that way in the Twin Cities. So I feel that there's a lot of support here organizationally as well as culturally. 
for LGBTQ individuals. So I don't worry as much because we're here in the Twin Cities. If they were, if they moved to another state where people pass legislation about don't say gay, I would be more worried about what might happen if they were, say, out at, out alone at night. Who knows? You know. Yeah. You mentioned that, that Maddie's been living at home uh, with since the, the beginning of the, the, the COVID pandemic. Have, have the two of you had a chance to, to talk about, about uh, sort of some of these things that are happening societally? And uh, do you have there? Yeah. Have you talked we, through those things? We have passing conversations and I hear them on their conference calls with Outfront Minnesota talking about some of the legislative issues. They're pushing for pharmacists being able to prescribe PrEP medications. And, and that was unbeknownst to me, you know, until I heard them on a conference call talking about it. So, so yeah, we, in passing, we talk about it and we're pretty, <laughs> we joke about it a lot. Like, oh, this can't be happening. This is so dumb. You know, th- those kinds of things. We don't really... I guess we haven't talked seriously about the don't don't say gay ban because it just seems so out of touch with reality. It just seems so out of touch with what most people in our nation feel about LGBTQ. And that's just been my observation. Yeah. I, I'm 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 sort of intrigued by their role at Outfront Minnesota. Can can you tell us more about that, uh, the organization, and also how they how they got the the job and what what they do there? Mm-hmm. Maddie's a grant writer. So previously they worked at Girl Scouts, and then got this opportunity to move over to Outfront. And I think, you know, between Girl Scouts and Outfront, I think they've felt like this fit better into what they really cared about. I mean, they care about a lot of issues, but obviously LGBTQ acceptance is is very much one of them. And so what they do is write grants to support all of the events and the literature and the support that is offered by Outfront Minnesota. It's an organization that's been in place for about 30 years. Got it. It just seems like a in many ways, a dream job. So I hope they're yeah. ha- having fun, happy and having fun. Oh, absolutely. Fun. Absolutely. Yep. So we talked about other, about LGBTQ children coming out to their parents and the, and sort of some of the insights that you might share with the parents. But I think it's fair to say, Pam, that once this podcast goes live, you're going to get some folks who are going to reach out to you, and that that could include uh, you know, people who are new to the to pharmacy, who are sort of trying to think about how to navigate uh, their way through this. You you mentioned Lindsay Kelly earlier, and in her podcast, she really talked about that about two years ago when we did Pride podcast. She talked about her decision, and but. As a, a leader in the profession, a leader in your organization, if what advice would you give to LGBTQ people who are starting their careers in pharmacy in terms of embracing who they are? Well, as I mentioned before, I'm not in your shoes and I'm not in the position necessarily to tell you to come out. But 
I can tell you that what I've witnessed in the in the practice of pharmacy is uh, an attitude of embracing LGBTQ individuals and really support throughout the organization and throughout the profession. There are networking events. All of us are working on DEI, and that includes um, LGBTQ. So we're all working on ourselves. You no longer have to solve the problem yourself. You know, so often we we develop DEI or inclusivity committees, and we in, invite the one person who's the different person to to do all of the work. You know, you, you need to fix everyone else. I think the message here is we're we're trying to fix ourselves, and you can see that with with DEI and what ASHP is doing with with DEI. That okay, we acknowledge that it's our problem and we're going to try to be as supportive as possible. Yeah. I, I can relate to what you said. I sort of feel like I've had a chance to observe one arc of history over the last uh, almost 40 years since I started pharmacy school. And I think the, the, the world has changed, the, the, the country has changed. And the, I think it's fair to say there have even been changes in the profession for the better. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of what ASHP is doing as an organization to support diversity, equity, inclusion across the board, but especially proud of the way ASHP's made itself a home for LGBTQ people. So have, have you had a chance to go to the LGBTQ receptions at the mid-year in past years? No, I haven't. I had it on my calendar, but I did not get a chance to go. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get you there this year, and, <laughs> okay. and you know, as a, along those lines of celebrating, what about Pride this year? Uh, is is it a, a thing in your house? It's not really a thing in our house. I know that Maddie will be going to a rooftop restaurant where they watch the parade, and you know, they interact with other folks. I do have a a little uh, transgen, you know, pink and blue flag that I that I fly out front. Actually, all of the summer, it's in a little potted plant and I fly it all all summer long. So it's visible from the street. So, uh, so far, no one's come up and asked me about it. I keep expecting someone to say, hey, what's that flag? But they don't. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a good conversation if they do, right? Right, I know. (laughs) Well, and you'll have to get your, um, when you arrive to the ASHP summer meetings, you'll have to get your Pride Month wristband that'll be there. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up the the podcast today, we actually have um, a, a special guest that that joined us. Maddie, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Maddie. I'm the person who's been <laughs> referred to. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great to to see you here this afternoon, Maddie, and great to meet you. I was about to ask your mom when you joined us sort of what your reaction was when she mentioned that she had the opportunity to do a podcast for ASHP about her uh, her experiences as the parent of a, a non-binary person. But I'd prefer to just ask you directly. Yeah, um, I'd say kind of mixed because it's always kind of complicated in DEI because if you're a person who has a marginalized identity, then you have to speak to yourself and sort of educate people. And that can kind of be uncomfortable, even when other people are doing it for you. So there's, I think, always a little bit of trepidation there for me. 
especially because I've had some past experiences where that hasn't gone as well. But I also trust my mom and I know how important it is that the field of pharmacy knows more about this stuff. And so I'd say like kind of like mixed feelings, like it's good. I also feel like a little bit nervous about it, but, you know, felt okay with it overall. Well, I think she's knocked it out of the park and you'll be proud of her. So it's. Uh, I'm always proud of her. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. You know, I was, when we were talking before, I was also sort of intrigued by your work with, uh, with Outfront Minnesota. And I understand that you're a grant writer there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I'm not speaking in an official capacity for Outfront Minnesota right now, just covering my bases there. But so I write grant applications to different funders to try to fundraise money for our mission. And so just trying to, I don't know, get the money to make sure that we can do the work that we need to do. I, I, a lot of writing, storytelling, talking to people. Well, I, admi I really admire you and, and I have to say even envy you a bit because I think as if I, when I was um, earlier in my life as a, uh, a young gay man to, to have had the opportunity to have done something like that, I, I would have, um, it would have been great. They, they just didn't come along quite as frequently back then, but I, it just sounds like an exciting role. So congratulations. It, it just sounds like you're doing some great work. Thank you. It's, yeah, it feels like my dream job right now. I'm really happy to be there. And it's really something to be uh, like among the majority in a workplace like that. Yeah. Maddie, can I ask you one more question as I think about it? And I guess the question I'm interested in your perspectives on is what advice you might give to other young LGBTQ people who are struggling with talking to their parents. Um, is there anything, any insights you'd offer to them? Oh. I mean, it's such a, it's such a personal decision, but if they are somebody who has decided that it is safe for me to come out to my parents and it is something that I want to do and it is something worthwhile, I mean, the thing that helped me the most was honestly just biting the bullet and saying like, I just have to say one sentence and then, and then I'm on the other side of it and I can't take it back. I don't know if that's good advice, but sometimes just doing the thing is the hardest part. And then you don't have to worry about what their reactions will be anymore. And you, you know, all of that because you'll just be in real time. I wouldn't say that that's great advice, but it is a thing that sort of helped me get through it. <laughs> Well, I'll, if it's if it's validating in any way, uh, I had the exact same experience. So I I, I think there's some wisdom there. So yeah, the worry and anxiety is always going to be so much more or worse in some ways than just the actual event. I would agree with you on that completely. With that, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank Dr. Pamela Phelps and Maddie Phelps for joining me today. Join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey podcast as we learn about how LGBTQ pharmacy leaders seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your colleagues, family, friends, and via your social media of choice. And enjoy Pride 2022. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official. 
the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on 